Good morning. How are you doing tonight or today, this morning? We've had a phenomenal weekend. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 73 is where we're going to be. Um, isn't that a beautiful picture, what just took, took place uh, a few minutes ago of seeing those students go through the baptism water uh, to the 270 that were uh, down front and then just that time of commissioning? Um, the body of Christ is, is continually going. The mission of our Lord is, is moving and active throughout our world. Despite how much our, our media wants to, um, to speak and is, despite how much the enemy wants to trip us up, they can't keep God's people down. And so my prayer is today that the Lord would speak to your hearts, that we would be able to um, really um, open ourselves up to hear from him this morning. Um, it's been a, a, prev, a privilege to be here this week. My name is Garrett Grubbs. I'm the student pastor at Sherwood Baptist Church. And uh, I want you to know, I've been doing student ministry for 15 years now. And D-Now weekends like this um, are exhausting. But um, it is evident that you have a great youth pastor in Lance and also a phenomenal youth team. And so, I, I, yeah, y'all give them a round of applause. Um, also, the laity here, um, guys, you, you've done a beautiful job just hosting these students as they come in. Um, today, what, what we're going to be speaking on this week has been dealing with one life. Um, and this morning, we're going to be talking about one perspective. When you enter into a relationship with Christ, God gives you a new way to look at this world, a new way to perceive your life, a new way to, to look at your, your mission in life and a new way to be able to identify what true success is. Um, I, I want you to think back to, if, how many of you, you have, you, you have need of eye assistance? Like you wear glasses or you wear contacts in here. Um, when I was in fourth grade, I, I had uh, three older brothers. One of those is Austin. He's kind of the villain of all of my stories. Um, we were uh, watching TV one day, and, um, and he asked me to go up and change. You hear what I said? Go up and change the channel. And because uh, he said it was on some channel, and I, I said, no, it's not, not right. And he said, he said you, can you not see what number that is? I said, no. So that was a telltale sign. So at, at fourth grade, I, I went and had my eyes checked. And I remember the day I put on those glasses for the first time. And uh, for all of my life, I, I think I looked outside and just considered uh, trees to be green blobs, right? And then when I put those glasses on, I, you can literally see leaves, and it was amazing to me. Like, you can see pine needles, you can see the blades of grass. Like, my world was forever changed as a result of that. Um, my senior year, me and my wife, uh, not at the time, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, um, but my senior year, I made, I made a transition from a public school to a private school. Um, I, I felt a call to ministry on my life at that point, but also my my future spouse was at that school, so God was calling me to a new, a new school. So I, I made that transition there, but one of the things that we did our senior year is we went on a mission trip to Honduras. Um, and uh, many of you have probably done uh, international mission trips. We did one that was a medical brigade. And so when we're at this church, we, we would go into villages and we would communicate throughout that region that we were doing a medical brigade and we would pull teeth, we would share Christ. Um, we also did an optometry area where uh, we would try to help with, with eye care. Um, and what we did is we just told the mass at large in our church, if you would bring your old glasses, um, we, we would use those um, to try to fit prescriptions in that capacity. Uh, my wife and I worked in, in that area as far as um, in that mission or that, that medical brigade. 
And when we pulled up to that village, we had a thousand people that were just waiting outside that had walked for some of those for days uh, to get there. And so what our job was, sit up on a stage like this, we had an eye chart off to the side and we would try on glasses and you would see the faces of these kids and these adults just light up when they, when they found a pair of glasses that fit their prescription need. There was an 84-year-old man that was there and he was that guy that was just the typical guy, just the seasoned senior adult that just had joy in his heart um, and you could see it all over him. Um, when I saw him come in, I said, I want this guy I, I want to help him out. He sat down at the chair. We, we tried on glasses. We went through the whole boxes of men, men's glasses. We went through all of them. And none of them were strong enough. None of them uh, fit his need. I looked over to the side, and there was a, the female glasses. And I was like, well, we've got to give it a try. So I went through that, that uh, box, got down to this one pair that was super thick, and it was purple. Um, but I looked at him and thought, you know, as soon as I grabbed those glasses, I knew, I was like, I believe this is going to be it. I put those glasses on that 84-year-old man, and his face immediately lit up. I didn't tell you they were high horn glasses off to the side. <laughs> he took the glasses off and turned around and looked at them, and then he did the shoulder shrug like, okay, and he put them on. And we, me and another guy, had to help him down the stairs because when he stood up, he was stumbling around and he was taking very exaggerative steps down the stairs. And then he was high-stepping all the way out of the church. But he was smiling and laughing the whole way out. His world was transformed at 84 years old because for so long, he wasn't able to see properly and then he was able to receive sight. Asaph in, in Psalm 73 is speaking not as a man that didn't receive sight and didn't have sight, but he took those prescription glasses that God gives us that salvation off and started looking at life as the lost world does again. I want to pray for you and me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the grace. Father, as we enter into this passage, I pray that you would speak to our hearts God, I pray that we wouldn't be able to ignore your voice and your Holy Spirit speaking to us. And as we, as we speak in this room, I know that there are probably people in this room that don't know you as Lord and Savior. They've never been able to see properly, God. They, they are still blind in their sin and their transgressions. And Father, for some of us in this room, and, and at times even myself, those of us that have received the the lenses of Christ, Lord, at times we take them off and we begin to look through the lenses of this world again. Father, forgive us of that. Father, in this room, we've asked that you save students' lives and we've asked that they be transparent and open to you. I pray, Lord, for the adults in this room and myself and the students that remain. Lord, help us to be totally open and transparent to you today. Father, help us desire to be different when we leave this place, loving you more and committed to your mission, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Asaph, this is where we are. Um, Asaph in, in verse one says this, and, and really it's just an overarching question too today. Um, he says, surely God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. Um, the question for the person sitting in your seat today, are you able to see that God is, is good um, in your life, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of what you are currently walking through, um, today, do you perceive God to be a good God? The, the defining factor of that is what he says, for those whose hearts are pure. 
Our, our heart, when we come into Christ, it is the determining factor of how we're going to live and how we're going to pursue God, how we're going to see this world. It, it's, it's the thing that God has called us to protect and give guidance to. So when we lose our perspective as Christians, when we, when we toss our eye care, the prescription glasses that God has given us aside, this is normally what's taking place. First off, we've gotten out of the word of God. Uh, we we have, have neglected the very thing that God has given us as a gift. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us the church. But, but we, we neglect allowing the word to take transformation in our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 2, it says, Be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we get into God's word and when we submit ourselves to the teaching of God's word, man, he is renewing our mind in our process of thinking. The, the second thing is we get bound up in sin. Have you ever had sin come and attach itself to you or are you allowed to come into your life and it totally changes the way that you perceive things and how you look at things? I, I, I've done that before and, and you lose sensitivity to the things that you used to say, I'd never do or I'd never think that way, you begin to do again. The next thing is we get bound up in our circumstances or blinded by our circumstances. Um, all of us, if you've grown up in church, you're familiar with the story of the disciples when they were going over to uh, the other side of the sea. Jesus uh, was exhausted from the day of ministering, and, and he um, fell asleep at the helm of the boat. Um, and then the, the wind and the waves just started beating against the boat to the point to where they were afraid. And, and they yell out to Jesus, you know, don't you care that we're about to die? And he, he wakes up and he speaks to the wind and the waves. He says this, peace be still. You know, at times that's what we need. When we get blinded in our circumstances, we need the, the Spirit of God inside of us to, to speak into the existence of those hardships and say, peace, be still. And all that's doing is speaking to the authority that our God has. All right, so look what he says in verse 2, um, because Asaph is talking about, that was, the first statement was one of, of finalization and the conclusion that he gets to, but but now he becomes transparent of what he's walking through. In verse two it says, but as for me, my foot almost slipped as I nearly lost my footing. So when we take those lenses off, the first thing that we do is we, we are moments away from falling into sin. When we neglect his word, when we allow those, those, that perception, that eternal perspective to be cast aside, we are just moments away from doing something that is really destructive. In, in Proverbs 14, 12, it says this. He says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end leads to destruction. Have you ever, in your best knowledge or, or based on your desires, pursued something and then you realize once you achieved it or obtained it, it was the wrong thing? You ever, you ever get filled with emotion and you say something that you desire to say and then immediately you wanna catch those words and put them back in your mouth? I'm married and I do that occasionally. <laughs> Um, but but we, we do that at times, and, and Asaph is speaking to that. He says, you know, I almost fell into sin. This is, this is the digression. And so look at verse three. It says, I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So the second point is this. When we take off those lenses, we begin to covet what this world offers. We, we when we enter into salvation, we understand, God, you're the only one that satisfies our needs, but when we cast that aside, we begin to covet what this world desires and what this world offers and what it has. We think in some way it's gonna bring fulfillment and satisfaction to our heart and our mind. Um, Christmas was just a, a few weeks ago. Um, I have a, a six-year-old and a five-year-old, 
Um, my five-year-old uh, five is a little girl. She loves Disney, and she's a little princess. Um, during the Christmas season, the envy bug just attached itself to her. Every time we'd watch a commercial, she'd say, Daddy, I want that. Daddy, I want that. I, I, I desire that. And um, it was just daily, like, honey, you, you know, we, we just need to pray about it. You know? And we'll see, you know, just that, that whole thing. But it, it's easy sometimes to be able to identify that in other people. But, but what in your life are you currently dissatisfied with? You know, what are you looking at somebody else and you say, man, if I just had that, I just achieved that, that's when I would be completely satisfied. He said, I, I looked at them and I, I envied the arrogant. Look what he says in verse four. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burden of common man and they're not plagued by human illness. Now, is that a bad thing? Anything that he just said. He said he looked around, he saw these, these people, it says they have no struggles, their bodies are healthy and strong, they're free from the burden of common man, they don't have the plagues that plague humanity. And, and no, that's not a, not a bad thing. But when, and the, number th the third point is this, we can't celebrate with people and their blessings. When we cast aside that eternal perspective, we become very envious and covetous, and then we also can't celebrate with other people. Um, my wife and I, um, we have been married for um, 17 years. Please don't tell her that delay, but 17 years. And, uh, and we started dating back in 11th grade, um, went to prom together. Um, we had uh, found out very early on in our marriage that she was going to have a difficult time with pregnancy. And so um, through years of, of just, you know, being married, we finally uh, went and she was able to get pregnant. And man, you, you know when you long for something and then it happens, just the, the celebration in your spirit of, man, this, this took place. Um, well, 19 weeks in her pregnancy, her water broke. We were watching a Georgia football game, and I believe that, and I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm not a Georgia fan. I'm actually a Florida, Florida fan, and that's not much better for you, I know. Um, so... Um, her water broke. We went into the hospital for 10 weeks. She was laying flat on her back. Um, at 10 weeks, she gave birth to our, our son, Gabe. Um, he was a handsome man like his father. And, uh, um, and he lived for a month. And uh, we went up. We had many procedures. And I'll tell you a little bit um, more about that later on. But uh, um, after he passed away, we found difficulty in the midst of that looming circumstance to celebrate with people when they were having children. Um, you ever had that experience when something tragic or traumatic happens in your life and it's hard for you to muster the strength to give clarity to thought and celebrate with people? When Mother's Day came around, can you imagine the difficulty? And, and, and I know that's not foreign, that there are people in this room that have experienced that as well. And when we get stuck in our circumstances, it's hard for us to look at things properly. So you got, um, when we take off these lenses that God has given us as a gift and, and for his purpose to actually commission his mission in our life, um, we become covetous, we, we become envious, we, we, we can't celebrate with them, but the, the final digression is this, we become critical and judgmental towards everyone we see. Um, look what he says in verse six, it says, therefore pride is their necklace, they clothe themselves with violence, their callous heart comes iniquity, the evil conceit of their minds knows no limits. They scoff and speak malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. 
So here Asaph, just in this, in this overwhelming frustration because he's no longer looking with eternal perspective, he's just looking through a worldly perspective. He has all of this frustration, all of this pinned up anger, all of this judge, judgment towards the people um, that he's around. And then there's this beautiful transition. I know that's been heavy and a lot of negative. Here's the good. The beautiful transition is found in verse 17. If you write and underline your Bible, I encourage you uh, to do that in this portion. Look what he says in verse 17. It says, till I entered into the sanctuary of God. That was his transition. Until I entered into the sanctuary of God. I, I got saved when I was 13 years old. I've been doing Christianity for a while now. I know that it can be times like this. You, you've come to church on a Sunday morning, post D now, and, and we can just go through the motions of Christianity. I, I'm a youth pastor. I can go through a service. I can go through Sunday school. I can teach. I can preach. And I never enter into a sanctuary. Entering into a sanctuary is not in a location. It's making yourself vulnerable to the God that created us and you lay yourself bare and you say, God, speak to me and speak to my need. You know, today, is that, is that your heartbeat? And when you have your quiet time, do you lay open the word of God and say, God, speak to me? When was the last time that that's taken place? Two months ago, I was preparing for um, this message and God just took me to this passage and, and took me to the woodshed. I don't know if you had a dad that would, would practice discipline, not with timeouts, but with actual spankings. It was like the, the, the Lord, through his loving affirmation in my life, just said, when was the last time you've entered into the sanctuary with me? Look what, he, what happens as a, as a result of this. He says, then I understood their final destination. We look at that, that final destination didn't mean the moment that they were standing in, but the moment that existed in the future. In your life right now, do you look just in the moment that you're standing in, or do you perceive what is taking place in the future for you? Guys, this is not our home. We were not created to be satisfied by this world. Our, our eternity is what's gonna be satisfying. Our Heavenly Father is the one that gives us those gifts. Look what he says in 18. He says, surely you place them on slippery grounds and you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly their destruction completely swept away by terror. You know, the, the issue a lot of times, especially if you look at the United States, um, maybe um, in this process you think about what Asaph said. He said um, they had prosperity, they had wealth, they had health, they had everything going good for them. What if their slippery slope was achieving and obtaining what they were chasing after. You know, for us, a lot of times, what, what can be our slippery slope of not finding satisfaction in God and pursuing eternal purpose is that we, we gather up our goods, our earthly goods, or our family, or whatever that is, and we, we fully invest our pleasures into that, and we never turn our attention to the Heavenly Father that created us and say, God, you know, I, I won't find satisfaction. That was a slippery slope. So when we put back on the right perspective, this is what takes place. Number one is this. We're able to see the lost world rightly. We're able to identify the fact that it can't satisfy, but also we look at lost people the way that we should. 
No longer with judgment and no longer with um, a coveting eye and no, no longer with jealousy. It's, it's literally that we, we see them with compassion because we know that at the end of their life, they're going to face judgment. You know, Birmingham, Dawson Baptist Church. You know, it's so, so awesome to hear those testimonies of, of the kids talking about the one life and, and seeing themselves in the mission of God. But when we do that, we see this lost world as the mission field and the purpose that drives everything that we do. I, I love hearing your, your pastors come up and speak um, about the, the mission of seeing young people come to Christ. And that is what we're called to do. Next is this, number two. We see that Christ is our only secure foundation. Look what he says, and this is just a beautiful passage of Scripture. If you underline or maybe you just need to allow these words to embed in your heart. He says, yet I am always with you. So just a moment ago, he was talking about coveting. He was talking about longing for other things. He says, at this point, yet I am always with you. You hold me in your right hand. Second point is I see Christ as my only security. I, I told you that, that um, Tracy and I had a child that passed away. Um, we were in Augusta. Um, Gabe had made it through uh, many surgeries. We had an army of prayer warriors. Our church uh, was praying for us. People all around our nation and around this world, literally, uh, were praying for us during that process. We saw him go through three uh, very severe surgeries, and every time he just bounced back. Um, we, we went, um, we were at the hospital that night. We had family come in and um, our family said, hey, you've been at the hospital just day and night. Why don't you just, just go, just go to the place where you're staying and, and get some rest. Tracy and I went back to that place. Um, we were laying in bed around one o'clock and, and we just came together and we prayed this prayer. God, whatever you want to do in this, we want you to be glorified and we want to be okay with it. 6.20 that next morning, we get a telephone call from the nurse station, and they said, Garrett, um, uh, the Groves family, you need to come on um, up to the hospital. We've had a change in, in Gabe, and, uh, and you need to hurry. So we get there, and at 9.27, my, my son steps into eternity. And I remember Tracy had had a C-section, so she had never, she was able to hold her or him when, when she was um, sedated, but she can't remember ever holding our son, and, and so the doctors made room for us, space for us to do that, to have some time, and I remember looking at my wife with tear-filled eyes on the fifth floor of that hospital, looking down at the, the garage, the parking garage and the parking lot, and she said this, she said, Garrett, right now, we're those people. We're on the ground floor. We can only see a few feet in front of us, but you've gotta understand, and we've gotta understand, God has a different perspective we're able to see all of this, and he is able to see from where we are to where we're going. And isn't it an amazing thing to trust God in the midst of that? That moment of tear-filled moments turned into a time of prayer and praise. Um, I don't have much time, but there was a Hindu doctor there in that transition of that moment um, of working back and forth. He came to me, he approached me and said, I've seen your faith in this. And I was able to share the gospel with him. We had, we had three nurses in, in the city that we, uh, we were in, in Albany, Georgia, come to Christ in that. And we had one doctor come to Christ in that process. God is faithful. In the midst of your circumstances, God is holding you. He has you in his right hand. 
He guides you with his counsel, and afterwards he will take me and you, if you're a believer in Christ, to glory. The last point is this. We have to see that his presence in our lives is the greatest possession. This, this portion of scripture is so good and reassuring to our souls. Look what he says in verse 25. He says, who have I in heaven but you? The earth has nothing I desire beside you. How quick that transition. Um, you ever had those, you entered into the sanctuary of God moments where um, at one minute you have been longing for something in this world and then you realize who God is and immediately your heart is changed and trans, uh, transferred to him and your satisfaction is transferred to him and then you immediately give testimony of that. Who have I in heaven but you? There's nothing in this world can satisfy me. Verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God, God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. So my question for you today, where does your satisfaction lie? Where is your portion at today? For the saints in here, and I know some of you are, are chasing after God, and we applaud you in that. May my prayer for you as, as a church and as a body of Christ that, that today that we would put on the lenses of a godly perspective and we say, God, I will never be satisfied by anything in this world. And God, this perspective is a gift that will bring joy and satisfaction and purpose to my life. For those of you that are lost here today, I want you to know this, that at the end of your life, there is going to be either eternity with God or eternity away from God. That, that everything that this world offers you and has extended to you as pleasure and gain, if you've lived longer than a minute, you know that that is not going to truly satisfy your soul. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to respond in whatever capacity you need to. Maybe it's just coming to the Lord prayerfully if you're not a believer you say, man, today I want to give my heart and life to Jesus. I want to do as some of those students did today. And you understand, and I, I need this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And the pastor is going to be available at the front. So many times we, we categorize events in, in the life of a church and this weekend can be defined by a student event that has taken place and students making decisions. But what if the greatest thing that can take place in your life personally is not celebrating what somebody else, a decision that somebody else made for Christ, it's the decision you made for Christ. It's the transition that has taken place in your heart and your life. Maybe you've been going through the religious motions of showing up to church, but you know you've never given your heart fully to the God that created you. And tonight or today, you need to do that. Maybe it's you, you're a saint, you're a believer. Man, when you pull the lenses off your face, you turn around and look at it, you realize that it's not one with the eternal perspective, but it's, it's the one that everybody in the else in this world has on their face. 
and you just need to spin and enter into the sanctuary of God and say, God, forgive me for looking through these lenses. God, thank you for the grace of being able to have forgiveness of that, but then also to be able to reapply the eternal perspective that I need in my life to live for your purpose and your gain. I encourage you today, whatever you need to do with the Lord, don't let anything hinder you walking and responding in obedience, whether it's coming forward or making a decision in your seat.